Hello, hello. I'm your host, Sarah Adam Chack, and you're listening to the Connected and Well podcast. Today, I have a treat for you. I share an interview with the lovely Deanna Hope. She is a personal development coach who has done the work herself. She figured out how to navigate busy seasons of life without burning out and maintaining a positive attitude. She also hosts workshops and she has her own podcast called Your Next Best Move. Some of the things we talk about are ways to rise to your full potential, how to create a big vision for your life, how to avoid if you start to feel burnt out, what to do to overcome mommy guilt, and so much more. She shares so many gems with us, so let's get to it. Hello, Deanna. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to uh, share what I know with your audience today. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on. Okay. Well, I know that you are really into helping ambitious women really rise to their full potential, reach the highest performance that they can reach, all without getting into burnout and while juggling all the things. How did you get into personal development yourself? Like what's your backstory? Yeah, I started personal growth back in 2017. I was dating my now husband, boyfriend at the time. And I actually bought him the book High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard, which I know you're a huge fan of Brendan. And he went back to school as a mature student and was, you know, juggling having a relationship and and going back to school. And he was juggling all of these things. And I was like, you know what? I saw an ad for Brendan's book and I was like, I think this might help you. So I bought him this book for Christmas. And after a few weeks when he hadn't read this book, I was like, if you're not going to read this, I might as well read it. (laughs) And this is like the catalyst of me falling in love with personal growth and actually applying what Brennan teaches in high performance habits. And there was one saying or quote from the book that particularly like launched me into action. And it was the quote about if you're going to do big things, if you're going to have stress in your life, if you're going to whatever, like reach your full potential. It's the essence. You have to take exercise more seriously. Mm. And yeah. So it was that quote that I was like, I'm like, I had had a gym membership for years, but never really like went to the gym consistently, never lost the 15 pounds that I wanted to lose. And so I was like, okay, this clearly isn't working. What am I going to do instead? So I switched to at-home workouts and I got super consistent over six months. And in those same six months, I went from being an administrative assistant to working in HR, which is what I went to school for. I uh, got into my master's program and started my master's degree and was just super consistent with working out. So I was feeling amazing because I was doing work that I wanted to do. I was learning through my, my education and thriving in my relationship. And that's really the catalyst that put me on this personal growth journey to living my best life and wanting to be healthy so that I can fulfill my mission so that I can be the best partner, the best friend, the best sister, daughter, whatever, while having a fulfilling career and and doing all the things. And that's why I say I like to support high achieving women's high achieving women achieve their goals without burning out because Mm -hmm. like you just can't, you can't fulfill the mission. You can't have that great career, that great relationship without also self-care and exercise and sleep. And that's basically the premise, I think, of high performance 
habits, and I come back to that definition time and time again, is it's over the long term, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. You can't have long-term success if mm-hmm. you're exhausted or burnt out. So that um, was really the catalyst for my personal growth journey and putting me on this uh, trajectory of loving personal development and personal growth and helping other people uh, reach reach their full potential. I love that. I think... I've kind of feel the same in my life exercise sometimes, even though I begrudgingly go, (laughs) it really has helped me in my life as well. Um, Just in so many ways. And then just overall wellness, you know, eating healthier, sticking to the habits, all the things you touched on that we need to feel our best. And when you started doing those things in your life, you were really noticing a difference. It kind of sounds like you were getting back in alignment. I am huge lately on talking about being in alignment. And when you're in alignment, it's very hard to enter a phase of burnout because, you know, everything is just flowing. You're kind of lining yourself up not to hit those states of burnout, not saying it doesn't happen. I myself suffered extreme burnout, as most people know, many years ago. And so what's something you would suggest for women or anyone ways to avoid or eliminate burnout if you can? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think it's first starts by knowing yourself. What are, what are your limits and what do you need to not burn out? Like I know that sleep is so important for me. I know there's people that can go on five or six hours of sleep. That's not me. I need those seven to eight hours of sleep. And I just became a mom about a year ago. And so the last year has been one of the hardest years of my life because like, you're just waking up with a baby constantly. So I've had to give myself so much grace over the last year to be like, you know what, today I have to make sleep a priority. So I think, yeah, it starts with knowing yourself, knowing what you need to fill up your cup, whether it's sleep or exercise or meditation or journaling and not letting short-term shiny objects pull you away from those habits that keep you grounded and healthy. Because Mm -hmm. like we just talked about, like it's the long-term mission. If you have a big vision, that long-term goals, you can't let short-sightedness or short-term thinking make you give up those habits like exercise or sleep because you're not going to make it long-term. Yeah. That's so so true. (laughs) Yeah. So that's really the mindset that I, I take myself. Like I took the last three days, I wasn't sleeping the best. So I took the last three days to really like hit pause and, uh, come back to myself and like just rest. And now Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go again. And if I hadn't taken that, I would have got more burnout. Um, so yeah, taking, taking that pause and knowing that it's not going to slow you down in the long term. I like that. I really like how you touched on finding what works for you and making sure you do that thing because it's not helpful if we know what works for us and we don't do it. Even though it's super easy sometimes just to be like, oh, it's okay. I'll keep grinding or I'll keep myself busy. I'll rest next week. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves with more illness. We find ourselves, yeah, just feeling exhausted, burned out. So the importance of rest and the importance of knowing what works for you and doing that thing. Yes, exactly. You were all about talking about creating a big vision for your life. Do you have any tips on how we can start getting clearer about creating a vision for our life and then going after it and taking action? Yeah, I have a couple of different thoughts 
on this question. So the first one is very simple and it's just giving yourself time and space to let yourself dream. It's one of the most common feedbacks. I've been doing a lot of in-person workshops lately on vision casting and being motivated. And the feedback that I'm getting is not that they're necessarily learning anything new in the workshops, but they're actually doing the work because they're coming to the workshop and they're giving themselves the space and time to create that vision or yes. to figure figure out what that what's going to motivate them to go for that vision. So I think that's like one of the most important things is to just give yourself some space and time to dream and to think about if time and money were no issue, what would I be doing? Mm, I always love that question. And yes, I love dreaming. I love daydreaming. And I don't think enough people nowadays give themselves time to do that. You're right. And sometimes we feel maybe childish, like, oh, dreams are for little kids. We don't dream anymore. And I really feel like that's a downfall. And that's the quickest way to lead and live an unfulfilled life. And we're here to live big and feel motivated every single day you wake up and just have such a big, joyful life. So yes, Mm -hmm. getting clear vision and taking the time and making the space to do that. Yeah, exactly. And then the other piece that I think about when I think about casting your vision is um, it's called the three most important questions. Um, If you've heard of Vishan Lakani. I have not. uh, No, he, so he's the founder of Mind Valley, and he created this exercise called the three MIQ. So it's the three most important questions. And so you ask yourself, what experiences do I want to have in life? How do I want to grow? And what do I want to contribute uh, to the world? So Mm -hmm. you just take a piece of paper, fold it in three sections, right? Experiences, growth, and contribution, and then just let yourself kind of free flow. What experiences do I want to have? How do I want to grow? And how do I want to contribute? Uh, So I find that's also another way. If it sounds too big to just think about what would I do if time and time and money weren't an issue um, to kind of bucket those different experiences that you want to have into your life. I find it's just a little bit more structured way to cast that vision. Oh, thank you for sharing that with us. That gives us something we can do right now as soon as we finish listening. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And when we do begin to create our best life, it can be hard. Our mind gets, you know, wired we love comfort. We seek, I don't know, sometimes we just like to keep ourselves, it's not like we intentionally keep ourselves stuck, but it kind of seems that way, doesn't it? Have you found that with women that you coach or ladies that you talk with? Yes. It's like they have this idea and then fear starts to set in and the limiting beliefs and can I do this and my partner's not supportive or the lady that I know from fifth grade is going to make fun of me or mm-hmm. what, whatever it is, right? And so I love the question, the coaching question, what's the worst that can happen? If I go after this goal, what's the worst that can happen? And it kind of flips it to start thinking about, well, what is the worst that could happen? Like, am I going to just lose some time from my life or is it going to cost me a lot of money? In which case you can kind of start to risk, like manage the risk of how much you're going to invest. Or is it just that I'm going, is the worst that's going to happen is that I'm just going to feel uncomfortable and awkward. And Mm -hmm. if that's the worst that's going to happen, then we can move to learn through that. 
like feel through that. Like I can feel uncomfortable for a minute and that's okay. And then I can keep going. Yes. Because mm-hmm. usually after like a couple times of doing whatever it is you want to do, whether it's like writing a book or launching a podcast or being a workshop facilitator, or teaching yoga, like after the first couple of times you get used to it and then that feeling's gone. Um, so it's pushing past, I find that, that initial uncomfortable awkwardness. Yes, it's so true. I share my story so many times that I kept myself in that area of just kind of limiting beliefs, complete fear, kind of getting paralyzed, pretending I don't know what to do when I do know what to do. It's just fear holding me back. And when we get like that, we can tend to distract ourselves a lot, get into procrastination because we're so afraid of doing the thing. But yeah, once we actually get out there and do it, it's not as bad as we think <laughs> usually. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And the other thought that I actually just had on this was just being willing to try something. Um, I like to share the story that before I started my podcast, I started a blog and for two months I wrote these blog posts. And after two months, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> and so it was being willing to say, okay, I'm going to scrap this because this isn't, like you said, it's not in alignment with where I want to go. So let's get rid of it as fast as possible. And then I started a podcast, another different podcast with a friend of mine, and it was completely interview based. And at that time in my life, it just felt like a lot trying to schedule my schedule, her schedule, and an interview person's schedule and to be consistent with it. And I felt like almost my my voice was just being kind of drowned out, right? Like I wanted to be able to share what I knew. So I quickly said, this isn't for me and let that go. And it took me probably six months to a year before I was willing to start my own podcast again, because I was like, oh, maybe like I tried this blog and I tried this podcast and it didn't work out. What if I fail? fail. I'm doing air quotes. It's a podcast, but what if I quote unquote fail again? And I wish I had have picked myself up even faster to start my podcast because I just did my hundredth solo podcast episode and I absolutely love it. Like it lights my soul on fire. So being willing to try something and if it doesn't work out, get back up as fast as possible and try again. I like that. I like that you have different examples of things you've tried and being willing to say, hey, this isn't working, but I still want to share my voice. So let me try this. Let me try this. And that can work for all of us, no matter what we're going for. I always like to tell people, if you find that you're in a job that is just like sucking your life and it's just not working, don't be afraid to make massive changes and go for something different. So that could apply to that as well. Yeah. Yep. How important is it while we are dreaming and making these visions and getting clear for us to be our own motivator? Oh, so important. <laughs> so important. If it's your dream, it's your job to firstly believe in yourself and to hold that vision. Um, it's not your partners or your moms or whoever's to be your constant cheerleader all the time. And I think that this is partly why I think some people let their dreams go or let it go is because it can be exhausting. It can be exhausting, like wanting to push through and say, I have this vision. This is where I want to go. And other people don't see it. And I feel like that all the time. Like my, my husband, like he wants me to stay in a very, he's very supportive, but he also wants me to stay in a very uh, secure 
stable job for as long as possible. And it's hard when I feel like I just don't fit that mold. And I just don't want to be in a nine to five for the rest of my life. Like I work for a university. I could have a great pension and benefits for the rest of my life if I wanted to, but what kind of life would that be if I'm not fulfilled Mm -hmm. and I'm not reaching my own potential, right? Like, is the pension worth it? In my opinion, no. So I think it is so important that the dream is in you. It's for you and be your own advocate. Um, and also being willing to be flexible with, with that dream, with the vision, like it might look different a year from now than it does today. And that's okay. Don't let people say, well, you said you were going to do this. And like, I also have had that happen where it's like, you said you were going to do this, but now you're doing this. And like, and it's like, well, yeah, I am an ever evolving human being. It's up to me to guide this ship direction wherever I want to go. And it's not like people stay in the same career forever either. So as an entrepreneur, that doesn't mean I have to do the same thing for years either. Mm -hmm. We have to be our own cheerleaders (laughs) because there will be many days, weeks, months, years that even ourselves sometimes are like, wait, what is this? What is this dream? Is this really, is it working? Is this what I want to go for? And just knowing deep in your heart, like, yes, this is what I'm ready to work on. So as we talk about generating our own motivation, being our own cheerleaders, how would you suggest, do you have any tips for us to stick to those habits, even on the days that it just feels so hard and we're like, yeah, I don't want to do that today, but we know we have the goal, the dream, the desire. I will tell you, I would have given a completely different answer two years ago before I had a baby. So my answer two years ago would be like, have this routine and stick to the routine and do it anyways. And now that I'm a mom, I've given myself so much grace. And because I have more flexibility in my schedule, this is how I've taken the approach to habits is that I have like three, four um, habits that I do every day. Like they they are my non-negotiables. But what I do is I give myself the freedom to do them whenever I feel like during the day. And so these habits are going for a walk, journaling, meditating, and reading. And I like that I've now given myself this flexibility to be like, okay, I like to go for a walk with my son at three o'clock. And I, whenever he goes down for a nap in the morning, that's when I'm going to do my journaling and meditation. And it's just kind of given me structure without too much structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know the key point I think here is that when you have those free five minutes or those free 10 minutes as a mom or an entrepreneur or whatever you're doing in your life is to know what that habit is that you want to do. And so I'm not second guessing when I have those free 10 minutes, what I'm going to do and then Mm. have decision fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. I know that, okay, Eddie goes down for, for a nap and I'm going to journal and meditate. So there's no questioning what I'm going to do. It's just go sit down and do it. (laughs) Yes. That is so good. I like that. You say you have your non-negotiables. And that is what you hit every single day. You make sure you fit that in, but you're not like, I have to fit this in before 6.30 a.m. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which would have been my old style. like Exactly. Yes. It is such a different balance when you are uh, navigating motherhood. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any tips for that? I think you just shared some, but do you have any other tips for navigating motherhood and wanting to be, you know, your best self? Stick to those yeah. habits. Go for the goal. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, just giving yourself a lot of 
grace and flexibility and tuning into what you need in that moment. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think is trying to integrate my son into my healthy habits. So like he goes for a walk with me. He needs to get outside yes. too. Um, having him sometimes he's, he's almost a year now. So he's getting a little bit better at like just playing independently, but me sitting on the couch and reading as he's playing. So it's really good for your kids to see you reading your own book and they can hmm. sit and read their book. And that's what I hope to model for him as he gets older is like, yes. okay, we're both reading. You can read your book by yourself, like reading, like <laughs> however mm-hmm. he reads and um and i'm reading my book so trying to integrate those healthy and healthy habits or just good practices for life into our everyday day living so it's not just me doing my own healthy habits when he's napping or sleeping but he's actually going to grow up seeing his mom do these healthy habits yeah that is so challenging those first years of being a mom with the little one yeah (laughs) yeah there's definitely different seasons, you know, then you get in a season of maybe school pickup every day. I got to be here at this time or soccer games, you know, all the things that can just keep us going. If we're not careful, if we're not intentional with our time, those things can just take over our lives. So just really being careful of how do we fit that balance in and just always being mindful and don't be afraid to take things off the calendar always looking at our calendar, like, do we have too many play dates? Do we have too many? Yeah. <laughs> Am I working too much this week? Should I scale back? You know, that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. That's something I've already started to, uh, yeah, just always watching the calendar, making sure I have enough to feel good and fulfilled, mm-hmm. but not too much. Yes. Yeah. And then have you run into mommy guilt yet? I, I don't think so. I um not that I can recall off the top of my head. I think I very easily could have because I've gone to these, um, I've been like, I think I mentioned already, like I've been going to these retreats. I've gone to two in the last month and they're a full weekend from Friday to Sunday. And people often ask me there, do you miss your baby? And they're probably a little surprised when I say no. And the reason I say no is because one of my core values is to be present where my feet are. And so I can't be missing home and worried about what's happening at home when I'm fully present Mm, here in this conversation with you and fully present as a facilitator doing workshops and, and just, yeah, fully being present here at this retreat. And then when I go home, I'm also fully present there. So that's how I like to kind of live, live that value and honor when I'm at home and honor when I'm doing work and not feel pulled or guilty about doing one or the other. Oh, that is so good. Thank you for sharing. I often have mommy guilt. I think part of it is I opened a childcare center for 10 whole years of kind of the prime ages of my babies growing. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be a little two or three day preschool, ended up being a full-fledged childcare center, <laughs> but I ended up working 50 to 60 hour weeks wow. and it just kind of took over. And so once I sold, I poured even more into the kids. And then so like, when it was time for me to like launch my new company, I have had some of that guilt almost because I'm like, oh, I have to make up that time. I really like how you touched on being present in the moment. And then that will really help eliminate that when we're with our kid, be fully with our kids or with your spouse or your partner, be fully there 
And then when you're, it's time for work, be fully there as well. And don't, don't feel torn and tugged. And yeah. 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 And it kind of goes back to what you're saying about managing your schedule. And if your schedule is too full, like you said, you're working 50, 60 hours a week, then of course, maybe you are going to feel some mom guilt yeah. because it doesn't feel yeah. like you're getting that much time. So looking at that calendar and being like, am I spending enough time one-on-one with my kid or one-on-one with my husband or partner or and am I spending enough time with work? And so I think, like you mentioned, your calendar and your schedule really plays a big, a big part in in feeling like you're managing and meeting the needs of both, both yes. of those demands in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as moms, as women, as caregivers, as humans, we can tend to be overdoers. We keep ourselves busy. Like we're talking about the calendar. We have jam-packed activities most of the time, or, you know, our work is taking up half of our existence. How can we, when we find that we're overdoers, change that, flip the script, notice that, be aware of that, and then go on to create different patterns, different habits. Do you have any ideas for that of like, when we see that we're being an overdoer? Maybe yeah. taking more time for rest. Yeah, taking more time for rest for yourself. Something that comes to mind right away is, are you actually overdoing it? Like when you look at your schedule, if you like mapped it out for a week, are you actually overdoing it? Like, are you out of the house five, six nights a week? Or does it actually feel more feel like you're overdoing it because you're also uh, scrolling social media in there and you're on Netflix and added things that feels like you have to be doing them. But Hmm. maybe if you let some of those things go, like scrolling, like Netflix, it feel like you had more space and could be a little more expansive. So I know a lot of people say they're busy and there are very busy people out there, but then there's a lot of people as well that are mindlessly scrolling or mindlessly on, on TikTok or whatever the thing is you like to do. And if you have a big vision or if you have a lot of goals in life that you want to meet, I think that's the first thing that has to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Even like when I was pregnant, I actually had my husband move our TV down to our basement, like unfinished gross basement for six weeks. Cause I was like, I don't want to watch TV for the next six weeks. I have like these things that I really want to, to work on. Like even just getting our nursery ready and like making sure I had pre-recorded podcasts before I had a baby and I was like, just get rid of the TV for six weeks for me, please. Like, and that's what we did. And that's how it helped me get stuff done. That's great. So it sounds like time management and also being aware of what those things are that take your time from the things that are actually important, removing those, even if it's just, you know, for six weeks being like, Hey, I need to be strict with this. And then maybe you can add it back in at a different season in your life, but just being aware of. Exactly. Exactly. Eventually I got so pregnant. I was like, okay, I just need to sit and watch TV now. (laughs) Yeah. And being okay with that and giving yourself some, you know, being gentle with yourself when you do need to have a season of rest. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Something that you love Um, talking about right now? Yeah. There is one thing that I wanted to share and we talked a little bit about feelings and living your values and something that I teach that I find really helpful in my workshops is what are your three core desired feelings that you want to feel most in your life and I think this can also be a great catalyst to you living up to your full potential and feeling your best living your best life is to start with the feelings that you're after how do you want to feel 
when you walk into your house at night? How do you want to feel when you walk to that meeting at work? And just starting to get intentional about the feelings because we tend to remember experiences more based on feelings. Mm -hmm. People remember, there's just that saying that people don't remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. So I think by getting intentional about those three core desired feelings, I'll share mine are being present, being joyful and being energized. Mm -hmm. And so even coming on this podcast or going into a workshop or whatever it is, I ask myself, how can I be present? How can I be joyful? How can I be energized? And so I think that's always a great catalyst for starting to identify how you want to feel and then building your vision from there. Yes, that is so good. I am all about helping women get into their feels. Yeah. How do you want your day to feel? Reminding them it's up to them and setting those affirmations and setting yourself up for your day, like visualizing, this is how I want to feel. So when something is kind of pulling me away from that feeling, how can I handle it? And, you know, just seeing yourself before the event happens, like when you're dealing with a teenager who's learning how to drive. (laughs) Remember, I am love. I am love. I am love. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Or like, I know for me, sometimes like energized is a core feeling because sometimes I don't feel like working out or I don't feel like eating healthy, but I know that I want to just show up with the right energy today. So I did a workout this morning, right? So letting that, those feelings kind of fuel your, uh, your habits as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you touched on, you know, not, not feeling like it sometimes. I think if we're honest, half the time we will not feel like doing the thing, but once we do it, we remind ourselves, Hey, this is good for me. Exactly. And then you feel so much better once you do. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Brendan, I was in a call with him and he was talking about how if we will give ourselves four to five minutes emotions will pass. And I found that so true. Like I've been really, I'm a vegetarian. I've been vegetarian forever, but I really want to be a vegan. And it's like an up and down, like cheese will just get me sometimes pizza. And I didn't have any food prepped, got the kids some pizza. And I was like, you know, yeah, I want to be vegan, but that pizza looks so good. I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a bite. I actually had it in my hand. It was crazy. You know, food's a drug. And I was so close to eating it. And then I was like, wait, if I wait four to five minutes, this feeling will pass. And so I put the pizza down, got out my healthy food, started prepping a salad, and then I never thought about it again. And so just reminding ourselves, yes, these feelings sometimes that we don't want to feel will pass. And then we can get back to feeling the way we want to feel. That is so good. That is so good. It was good advice. Really good advice. So I know we can move about our days Sometimes our weeks are, we're rock stars, we're rocking it, everything feels great. We've got that feeling we want to feel, we're, you know, we're high vibing, and then something throws us off. It could be little, it could be big, it could be just missing sleep like you are with a newborn. How do you suggest we can move through those times when we just don't feel like ourselves, when we feel off balance or out of alignment and get over feeling like we're in a funk? Do you have any tips for us? It comes back to what you were just saying about allowing yourself those four to five minutes to feel through it. Like if it's a momentary thing, allow yourself to feel through that that negative feeling or that, oh, like I just don't feel like it. And then asking yourself, what would help me bring my mood up today? What would make me feel good? Mm-hmm. And I like to keep that list of things 
that does make me feel good handy. So like, I know I love to bake. So like sometimes it's just baking some muffins or I love to have a dance party in my kitchen or I love to go for a walk. Just having that list of things that I know fill my cup can be so powerful. Like just write it on a little cue card or a little sticky note and put it somewhere where you're going to see it because it's so easy to like kind of get down or frustrated, Mm -hmm. but it's also really easy to build yourself back up. And maybe it's as simple as like smiling, like looking like an idiot, smiling around your house, like I'm putting myself in a good (laughs) mood because I'm smiling. Yes. (laughs) And I know it can be so hard to do, but yeah, knowing what's going to bring you, bring you up and put you in a better mood and knowing that there's always tomorrow. Like there's always tomorrow. Tomorrow can be a better day. I like to also say I don't have bad days. I only have bad moments because I hate Mm. writing off an entire day as this was a bad day. No, it was just a bad moment. And uh, I can have a better afternoon or a better evening and uh, trying to pick myself up from there and never writing Mm. off a day. (laughs) Oh, that is gold. Thank you. That's so good. So good. Yeah. I find myself sometimes right off the whole day. I I would find periods of like, oh, this happened. I'm just going to write off the whole day. (laughs) The old, old me. Yeah. And you're right. Just, it's just a bad moment. And having that list of things that bring you out of it and things you love and remembering to go do those things. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I love talking about dreams. I've enjoyed this conversation. Do you have something, a dream that is a moonshot dream, just so big? for you that you'd want to share. I love asking this because like you talked about, you love helping women dream more and daydream. And then I think when people hear responses, it might not be what they're dreaming of, but it might encourage them to dream a little more as well. That's why I like to ask. Yeah. So when I was thinking about this question, there was two things that came to mind. And one of them, my big dream is to speak on a stage, give a keynote talk of mm-hmm. with 5,000 or 10,000 people there. And it's something that I have no idea how it would happen. I don't even have a keynote speech prepared at this point. So I have no idea how it would happen, but I put it on my bucket list that I would just love to be a master keynote speaker right. that could give a speech to 5,000 people. And the other one is I would just really also love to eventually pick, drop my kids off at school in the morning and pick them up and work during the day and have just just really great work-life balance mm-hmm. uh, because I know that I want to work. I know I want my own career, my own business, and I want it to fit into my life instead of my life fitting into my business, if oh. that makes, makes sense. Um, it does make sense. Yeah. yeah. So I just imagine this business that, that works for my life and that I can work 20 or 25 hours a week and make a great income and a living and still be with my kid, kids, future kids. Uh, if we have more Absolutely. kids. Absolutely. That's yeah. great. Well, both so, of those are possible. Both. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I have no doubt that you will go on to create the best coaching program be the best keynote speaker and fit it all into an eight to three, (laughs) be able to take Fridays off, go travel, whatever, whatever your thing is. Yeah. And do you have any book recommendations for us? I follow you on Instagram. I see you're always throwing out 
good book recommendations. Do you have like one book that you would suggest for someone who is just kind of tipping their toe into the waters of personal development, or it doesn't even have to be that, just something that's inspiring and helps you maybe dream a little more and want to strive to be your best self? Yeah. I have so many book recommendations. Uh, So I made one already, which was High Performance Habits. It's it's the best book on high performance. Uh, Another one I would say if you're just getting started that I think is a fun personal growth book is uh, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. It's just a fun read and it's I think it's really great for anyone just getting started. And the other one that I like, um, because we've talked a lot about vision on here, is uh, There's No Plan B for Your A Game by Bo Eason. And it's really all about creating, again, that long-term 20-year vision of where you want to go. Great. Thank you for those book recommendations. Yeah. I've read two of those. Jen's book, I can, I highly recommend it as well. I've read it probably like three or four times now. I have it all marked up. It's yeah. so good. It's so yeah. good. Thank you so much. Could you tell us where to find you? Talk to us about your podcast so we can yeah. start listening. Yeah. So my podcast is called Your Next Best Move. You can find it anywhere you listen to your podcast. And I firmly believe like I've based my podcast on the four pillars of having more motivation, optimism, vision, and energy. And I really think it's a space where you can come and listen to it and help you to discover and know what your next best move is. Not the next five or 10 moves, but just the next one to help you take mm-hmm. that that first action step. So that's the podcast, your next best move. And then you can find me on Instagram at Deanna underscore hope. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing so many tactical tips and such good knowledge with us and just giving us little tidbits that we can follow, start getting into so we can really start creating the best life and going after the vision that we have. Even if we put it on the shelf, knowing that we can get it off, it's not too late to go after it. Thank you, Sarah. It's been so much fun being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Oh, that was such a good episode. Deanna shares so many little nuggets for us, and I hope you took notes and you really infuse those into your life because those tips and tools that she gave us will really help us create a bigger, fuller life. Make sure to follow her on Instagram and go check out her podcast, Your Next Best Move. You're definitely going to want to be in her space. All right, sending you lots of love, cheering you on. Get out there and create your best life.